0: I want you to think of a time in your life where your heart was pierced by something so beautiful that it made you ache inside because of it. Maybe it was a starlit night, maybe it was a beautiful sunset, or have you seen the double rainbow guy on YouTube? If you haven't, just type it into YouTube, double rainbow guy. This guy walks out of his house and he sees this gorgeous double rainbow and he starts freaking out. It's a double rainbow all the way across the sky. Oh, oh, he starts moaning and groaning and then weeping. This guy has allowed beauty to pierce him. This is something so important for us as Christians. In fact, I would even say, if we do not have the courage to let beauty pierce our hearts, we don't know what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian I would suggest is to allow our hearts to be pierced by small b beauty in order to lead us to capital B beauty. All the beauty in the created world is meant to lead us to capital B beauty, God himself. To be a Christian is to be seized by divine beauty. To be a Christian is to be open. wide to the gift of divine beauty. So captivated by beauty that we have been transformed into something beautiful ourselves. It's called sanctity. This is the biblical vision of what it means to be human, to be pierced by beauty so that we can become, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, so we ourselves can become all beautiful without spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. Something about beauty that's so important is that it awakens our deepest longings and desires. Have you ever had that experience where you've encountered beauty and you, you felt yourself groaning inside, searching for something, yearning for something beyond what this world can even offer? There's a name for that ache. There's a name for that cry of the heart The Fathers of the Church borrowed the language of the Greeks here to describe what that yearning is. It's called eros. E-R-O-S. Now, What English word do we get from that Greek word eros? Erotic. Tragically, in our post-sexual revolution pornographic world, the word erotic has become terribly twisted up and distorted. And it often seems to indicate a a base desire for selfish pleasure. This is not what we mean by eros. Deep in our hearts, we all have a noble erotic desire, which is a desire for everything true, good, and beautiful. Yes, sin gets in there to twist and distort it, but Christ comes into the world not to crush our desires. He comes into the world to reawaken them and to redirect them to infinity and beyond. That cry of our hearts is a yearning for capital B beauty. It's a yearning for God himself. But many Christians grow up thinking somehow that desire is the enemy of the Christian life. Many of us grow up on what I call the starvation diet gospel. What do I mean? Well, I'll ask you this. If you were raised in a Christian home I would ask you to reflect, would you say that in your Christian upbringing, there was open, honest, normal, healthy conversation about God's beautiful, glorious, wonderful plan for erotic desire? Probably not. I've asked audiences around the world that question and I get about 1% who will say, yeah, that's the way I was raised. 99% of us, when it comes to this fundamental yearning in our hearts for love, for union, and ultimately it's a yearning for God. Many of us, the large majority of us, were raised on a starvation diet. We're told desire's bad, we need to repress it, but follow all these rules and then you'll be a good upstanding Christian citizen. If that's what we're presented with growing up in our Christian homes, no wonder so many of us, myself included, fall for what I call the fast food gospel. And by that, I mean the secular world's promise of immediate gratification for the hunger. Let's be honest, if the only two choices for that ache and yearning and hunger, that what we call eros, that noble erotic cry, if the only two options are starvation or fast food, I'm going for the nuggets because I'm hungry. So that's what I did. In my teenage years and into my early 20s, I had a pretty steady fast food diet, so to speak. And let's be honest, if you're hungry, even fast food tastes good going down. But eventually, you're going to end up like the guy in the movie Supersize Me. Did you see that documentary of the guy who ate McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 30 days? At the end of that little experiment, his body was shutting down, he was dying. That's a picture of me, spiritually speaking, in my college years. And it put me on my knees, begging God, God, if you exist, please show me and show me why you gave me all these desires, because they're getting me and everybody I know into a heck of a lot of trouble. What is your plan? Do you have a design for my desire? I came to learn that Christ did not come to crush our desires. No, in fact, what are the very first words that the Gospel of John puts on the mouth of Jesus? If Christianity were a starvation diet, you would expect the first words out of Jesus' mouth to be something like this. Repress all your desires and follow all these rules or you're going to hell. But instead, Jesus asks, what are you looking for? What do you desire? What? do you want? Christ did not come into the world to crush our desires. He came to awaken them and to redirect them according to his design so we can reach our destiny. We might put it like this. God gave us erotic desire to be like the fuel of a rocket that has the power to launch us into the stars. But here's the tragedy. With the original sin, those rocket engines became inverted. And when we set that rocket off, we go looking for happiness, we go looking for love, but everything backfires. The mistake a lot of Christians make is to blame the rocket and to think the rocket is bad. No, the rocket is not bad. It's just that the engines have become inverted. Christ comes into the world not to destroy the rocket. Christ comes into the world to redirect those engines towards the stars. Lord Jesus, we open all of our desires to you, overwhelm us, ravish our hearts with your beauty, and redirect our desire according to your design so that we can reach our eternal destiny, the marriage of the Lamb, which is the fulfillment of every erotic longing of our hearts. Lord Jesus, help us to live from that deep, noble eros. That flame, the very flame of love that you came to cast upon the earth, set us ablaze. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.